After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Dr. Jim Scott, president of Punahou School, a trustee of the Blood Bank of Hawaii, and is a member and director of several organizations including Hawaiian Electric Industries, Pacific and Asian Affairs Council, and several others. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Dr. Jim Scott. Welcome to our show, Dr. Thank Scott. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, I guess my first question will start off easy with, what is your typical day like as a Punahou president? <laughs> Besides winning state championships. Yeah, well, um, the, the, the days in the last few weeks have been atypical because uh, we've been handling a lot of media attention and, and doing a lot of celebrating. But, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I spend uh, half the day in meetings with adults, and when the adults get me down, I get to hang out with kids, which is, <laughs> is great. It gives me more hope and optimism and confidence. But uh, my job is to um, steer a course uh, for the future, marshal the resources uh, for the school to get there, um, inspire and implement change, and say thank you. So I spend a lot of time getting around the campus most, most of the day. Was that your goal, to always lead a school like this? No. You know, the seniors think I sat around in my senior year at Punahou, you know, trying to covet the presidency at Punahou School. You know, I live in the big house and everything. But you know what? I, I uh, thought I was going to, uh, after college, go to law school and then come back here and uh, be an attorney and then run for mayor. <laughs> so I, I think when I was a kid, my, my goal was to maybe be in politics. And I might be... A, close to being in politics uh, and without being there I can but no my, my goal was not to run a school when I was that age it's not too late for run for politics <laughs> how, how I can you? I can barely work the politics in my own school <laughs> what wait why would you want to be a mayor why did you want to oh, do that? I, when when I was when I was a kid I always thought that um, a lot of the former athletes would come back and they'd run for politics and you would ultimately want to become a mayor or, or governor. Because I thought, you know, from a kid's perspective, you, that was a way to get things done. So, um, but after, after um, I got out of college, um, I started teaching. My first job out of, out of Stanford was working in the Stanford admissions office. And then I was laid off. So that was my first sort of disappointment. In was it a year. downturn in the economy or something? Downturn in the economy. You know, last tired, first fired, you know, so I'd, I'd been there for about, for about a year. But the dean of admissions at the time was a guy named Fred Hargadon, who um, said, um, I have some contacts in the independent school world. I, uh, you know, let me know if you need a reference. And uh, that, uh, so I was laid off on a Friday. Saturday night, I went to a I went to a party where two former fraternity brothers said, you know, we, we are working in the school and one of us knows we just got into law school and we're leaving, so there's a job opening down at the Stevenson School in Pebble Beach, California. They need a history teacher. So I got my resume together, sent it off on a Monday, got there on Tuesday, went down on Thursday for an interview and was hired. <laughs> so, but I, I started, um, 
started at an independent school in the Monterey Peninsula, and really uh, he, uh, the, head, the headmaster gave me four sections of history, coaching three sports, football, basketball, and baseball, living in a dormitory. And I was newly married at the time. So you were teaching and coaching three sports? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the boarding school teachers, that's what they do. They call them triple threats. You teach, and you coach, and you live in the dorm. It, and that's that's why they can do it with 23 Man, those kids can't get away from you at that point, right? <laughs> oh, man, I see you in the classroom. I see you on the field. Ah! <laughs> but, you know, it was a great way to, you know, be a part of a community 24-7. You know, there are parts of it that got that got old, but but yeah, you know, some some of our closer closest friends are are people that we started teaching with in the early early seventies. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com You're listening to Greater Good Radio. Today's guest is Dr. Jim Scott, President of Punahou School, Director and Community Leader in numerous organizations. How was that in Stanford admissions? Was it, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, worry and anguish for any school you're applying for. Did you see something there that maybe taught you to be more sympathetic as you go to the schools now? You know, Stanford's gotten even more highly selected than, you know, what, 30, 35 years ago when I was first doing it. But uh, you know what it did? It gave, it gave me a flavor of the different types of public and private schools around the, around the country. And it gave me a better appreciation of how outstanding the public schools are in many other states. Because only one half of one percent of the kids nationally go to an independent school like uh, Puno. Um, so you got some, some great kids coming out of public schools, and that was good. Uh, but it was good for me to be working in a highly selective university to get a sense of you know the strengths and weaknesses of, of schools and kids, and maybe had a deeper appreciation for Stanford too. Then after you're in Pebble Beach area, you moved to Harvard to go to school. Yeah, I was in um, I was in Monterey Peninsula for uh, eight years, um, and and my and I think the reason that I first became an administrator fairly early in my career was because um, the school was growing and changing, it was going co-ed, it was doubling in size, and plus the headmaster, the head of the school, saw that I had done uh, admissions and said, well, you could probably do college counseling. So some of my best years, my favorite years, when I was teaching two sections of history, coaching the, base, the baseball team and doing part-time college counseling. The college counseling led to academic advising, and my last two years there I was the academic dean at 30 years old. That, that's pretty good because you have an insight on the admissions process for the university right. and now you're doing the college counseling. Right. And you coach the sports and team. coach the sports. 
So after eight years, there was there was a change in headmasters. But I also, you know, every year I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to stay in independent schools. Um, I loved it, but I kept thinking, you know, my my former high school and college friends were going on to business school, law school, schools of engineering, medical school. I thought I was being left behind somehow. And so I, you know, what I did. The reason I went to Harvard is because there's a very specific program there. It happened to be housed in the School of Education, but it was a doctorate degree in administration, planning, and social policy, which was a big title for a management degree in nonprofit institutions. So, although we were housed in the um, School of Education at Harvard, we took courses at the business school, the law school, the Kennedy School of Government. There were only 50 of us in the cohort group. And that's why I, I chose the program in purpose. You know, we sold our home, uh, went into debt, borrowed money, went, went back to school. And then you went back for more after that? Well, I was in residency for two years. So I, I was there for two, two years and, and got my coursework done, got a qualified paper done, and then left the university without the dissertation done to head a school in Portland. I, I had this fear that I'd never find a full-time job again. So when, I, when, when um, a school came a calling, I, and I said, yep, I'd like, I could try to do that. So, but I, and then over the next seven or eight years, I had to chip away, I think it was five, five years, at getting that dissertation done and finally the doctorate. We kind of talked about you wanting to be mayor when you were younger. And then now you already started going into this education field, getting experience as well as degrees in education and administration. At that point, did you ever look back and still think, maybe when I do go back to Hawaii, I'll get involved in politics somehow? Well, you know what this degree at Harvard did for me is that, you know, although um, most of the people went on to um, careers in education, they also went into nonprofit management. And so my, my thought is that it would be a preparation for a lot of jumping off points. So I didn't necessarily think that I was going to head, go, go back right into schools. And I thought that perhaps it would also leave open the opportunity, you know, for government work. But, you know, I, I, I left Harvard, was able to get, um, was to head my own school in Oregon, in Portland, for, uh, I was there for nine years. It was, a, it was a kindergarten through 12 school, a fraction of the size of Pono, it was about 700. But still, you know, one of the, you know, probably an average size independent school on the mainland. So why for you were you interested so much in nonprofits and not in for-profit? That's a great question. I think from the very beginning, I think this notion of service or public service was ingrained in me as a 13-year student at Punahou. And it might have been the chapel program, it might have been the mentors in my life uh, who are my high school and college coaches, my high school um, coaches and uh, teachers. And all of them had dedicated their lives to serving others and seemed to be li living fulfilled lives and still having choices. They're making the money they need and things. So I, my, my early mentors themselves had committed their lives to nonprofits and especially schools. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide 
and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio. Today's guest is Dr. Jim Scott, President of Punahou School, Director and Community Leader in numerous organizations. You mentioned your mentors. When you were going to school, who would you say were your top one or two mentors and what did they teach you? Well, I had a seventh grade science teacher named David Eldridge. And we were always scared of him because he was big and he, was, and he used, to, used, to, used to make a lot of noise at us. Uh, but uh, one day he held me after school. Scott, stay after school. He, we're getting, getting back our quizzes. And I got a C plus or I don't know. And he says, you know, you can be doing a lot better. I said, yeah. So I was, you know, I was underachiever. And, and he says, where do you want to go to college? And I said, oh, Stanford. <laughs> and and I, I blurted that out because I knew that he had gone there and my dad had gone there. And I figured... Man, if they could get in, any, anybody could get in. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the next day, this is a great, you know, he, he made it a point, he, he took me over to Cook Library that had just opened up, and there was this place with college catalogs. He pulls down the Stanford catalog, he says, take this home and read this, because, you know, beyond, I mean, you need to have good grades. It's not just a matter of being a good guy. And that was the first time I realized that you had to actually achieve something in order to go to college, and that's seventh grade. So I started to set my goals there. My second mentor was a former football coach, and then David went on to be my baseball coach, but Al Harrington was a young Euro European history teacher one summer at Punahou, and he was my teacher. And uh, he had knew, known my father, and he was the one who said, son, you need to set your goals and go to Stanford because you can do the work there. So early on, I think that's, that's, those are my two, two mentors there. So you went through the process of going to a great school. You've seen the admissions process, and you've, you know, you've had a lot of experience now at Punahou. What advice can you give to parents now to help coach their kids along to get into college? It may not necessarily be the best college, but what, what advice besides good grades, good test scores? Yeah. Well, I, I think that... Um, you know, if you if you go to a private school, the assumption is that you're going to be attending college, so that you're you're going to be taking college prep courses anyway. If you're if you're in the public school, you have to make sure that you're on that college prep track, so that you you when you're getting scheduled for your courses for the for that year or the next year, you're insistent that they are ones that are going to be for college-bound kids. You know, I think I think one of the benefits of most private schools is that beginning in eighth grade is when college counseling starts because they're starting to schedule you for ninth grade. And they are assuming four years of math. They're assuming foreign language. They're assuming you're going to have four four years of English, et cetera. So I think that um, uh, getting a good good schedule, lots of choices, um, but also I think colleges are looking for a high energy level. So it, it could be someone that does a lot of things um, well. It could be someone who who uh, really specializes, begins to achieve in a very specific area. But I think that that. Um, if you can do the work, if you've got good grades and good test scores, that's only one half of the equation. Colleges are looking to see what kind of contribution you're going to be making there as a student. And they, I think, are able to see that through the energy level that you exhibit when you're in school. How, how much does um, athletics 
play a part in your admissions for college, do you think, if you're not necessarily a great athlete and you're not going to play in their sports teams? And then how much does your community service and extracurricular activities make a difference? I think, um, again, they're, they're uh, looking for high energy level. People who are busy, people who are active, people who can go to a college community and make a contribution to it. And not necessarily that you're going to be doing varsity sports at a college, but certainly you know, you'll play inter intramurals and you'll want to be able to uh, you know, participate fully in the life of the school. So it's only part of it. In your position at Punahou now, could you tell us how that position came about and how that choice was you for you to leave the mainland and come back home? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question because the uh, Punahou presidency comes around and becomes open about every generation. This is my 15th year at Punahou. My predecessor, Rod McPhee, was there for 26 years. His predecessor, John Fox, was there for 24 years. So when you think about you know, he, I'm, I'm only the third president since the Second World War. So that, that's a lot of uh, tradition, history, longevity, and continuity. So it's not like a job you can um, plan for and apply for, actually. So it turned out, and I had been sta I'd stayed in touch with the man who gave me a diploma, Rod McPhee, who was also you know, one of my mentors you know, growing, growing up. He was the president of Puno at the time, and um, his timing when he announced that he was going to be leaving around the 93, 94, I was in my uh, seventh year at my former school. So that timing seemed right. So that was almost serendipitous. Again, you couldn't plan for that. So when the kids say, oh, you must have wanted to be the president of Pono in year 70, I said, no way. Even somebody now can't plan for, you know, when. So uh, the search took about a year and a half. And they hired a search consultant that identified four finalists um, on, on the mainland, and then we came to the, to, the, to the campus. So that was the fall of 1993. And uh, so I actually uh, had a visit in the, in the summer of 93, the fall of 93. It was hired starting for the fall of 94. So that was like a two-year lead time. And I was hired a full uh, nine months before I took over. So that long, you know, that lead time, I think, uh, is required by a place that has so much tradition and continuity. So that was 15 years ago. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptunites, sunshine in your mouth. Neptunites. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948 2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Neptunites, sunshine in your mouth. Howdy sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. 
How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio. Today's guest is Dr. Jim Scott, president of Punahou School, a trustee of the Barstow Foundation and the College Board, and as a member and director of several organizations, including Hawaii Association of Independent Schools, American Savings Bank, and several others. How were you when you were growing up? Were you pretty straight and narrow, or were you somewhat rascal? And... Um, I, I think I'd be described as pretty straight and narrow. I mean, I was the, the, the firstborn. Uh, wanted to please my parents. Uh, was always a pretty good student, but didn't really focus on school and getting as, as high grades as I could until like ninth grade, after my talk with Dave Eldridge. <laughs> but uh, I think mainly I grew up uh, wanting to please my mom and dad. I was a dutiful first son. What, what did your dad do for work? He, he and my mother both worked at Hawaiian Telephone. So there are lifelong career employees there. And that's what paid the bills for my brother and me at Punahou and college. When you hear president of a school, especially Punahou being such a large school, it seems that you would be so busy, but yet you spend a lot of time in the community still. You mentioned your mentors who were servant leaders. Can you tell us at what point in your career you decided it was time for you to start getting involved in these boards and becoming members of organizations? Well, when I was in my last uh, school, uh, it was in Portland, and the, the school itself uh, had some enrollment pressure, so it was vital that as the head of the school, I got out more into the community. Private schools in Oregon are not as well known as uh, private schools in Hawaii. And so, um, you know, I, I, I joined boards, but also did a lot more public speaking around town just to make the school more visible through my own visibility. Um, I think, um, I mean, one, one of the reasons I came to Punahou was because given its size and scale and longevity and reputation, it's got a seat at the table in a lot of conversations. And so I had to be careful about how I chose my community work, but that uh, I was representing Punahou, but also they, they knew that my experience uh, and my insight and perspective as head of Punahou School might be of value, you know, to the organization as well. So, uh, you know, there's always a tension between the inside and the outside. I mean, I, you know, I, every time I drive off the campus, I have to ask myself, now, how is this helping the school? Because it just can't be helping me. Um, so I, I think that, um, but my, my own personal view uh, of community service, and this is the segue back to school, is that you know, I think one of the reasons that I came to Punahou, came back to Punahou as the head after being gone for 24 years, is that um, the whole notion of public service and community service resonated with the faculty, with the kids, and with the trustees. And what I've had a chance to do in the last few years is just to begin to consolidate those efforts. So. The school had had a requirement for seniors to do community service, but there was a lot of enthusiasm about the entire school wanting to do more and more. And so I, when, when we founded the Luke Center for Public Service, it was really to, to just uh, coordinate the myriad of, uh, of uh, service opportunities throughout the school. 
But it also is a chance to, to work with the faculty in teaching service learning, teaching how you teach that. And then third, I think the Luke Center, you know, because of Punahou's prominence and reputation in history and because of the success of its own graduates, I think um, the Luke Center has also been a place where we're able to convene conversations about the improvement of Hawaii. So, you know, when um, Barack Obama came to talk to the students almost exactly four, four years ago, he was just elected senator. Uh, he, I, I had asked him for his 25th high school reunion to come back and uh, I was going to lead a panel on uh, public service. I asked him to be, well, I'm a little busy writing for the Senate. If I tell you what, after the, the election, I come back with my family in Hawaii, I'll come over and talk to the school. Well, the night he got elected to the Senate, um, I got a call from his chief of staff saying the senator made a promise. So he came to see us exactly four years ago next, next Friday, spent some time in the chapel talking to seniors. And he talked about the role of great teaching in his life. Uh, he challenged the students to a life of public service. And one of the things he said is, to whom much is given, much is expected. The kids thought that was my term. I said, no, that's a paraphrase from the book of Luke. You know? <laughs> um, but it, it was nice for them for, to, to hear that from, from him. And it's, I think, nice to see him taking that principle into the White House in a few, few months. And the last thing he did was, you know, he, he, he thanked me 25 years later for his financial aid. That, and, he, and he told the story to the kids that he grew up in a two-bedroom apartment down the street with his grandparents. You know, his grandmother's income was not enough to pay the tuition for him and his sister. So it was, if it wasn't for Punahou's commitment to financial aid, he would never have been able to stay there for eight, for eight years. So in many ways, he's the walking advertisement for why, you know, Schools like Punho need to reach out, you know, and to include people who, you know, might not otherwise be there. I'm wondering, the mainstream media kind of discounts Barack's Hawaii experience. They say, you know, he got his experience in Chicago or so on, whereas when I look at him, I disagree personally, because I think that Hawaii people and being born and raised here, you gain a special ability to bring people together and to deal with other people. What, in your opinion, what do you think from Hawaii or, or from his Pono experience or so on has contributed to President Obama's success? Well, it's hard, it's hard to tell specifically, so I can just speculate, you know. But uh, I think that any of us who grew up in Hawaii grow up as an ethnic minority. So there is no majority. And so there is something special and elegant and different about that. And so I think he, like all of us, I mean, he grew up with a multicultural perspective, multiracial. And so this notion of, of the blending of boundaries begins very early on. I think that, you know, when you, you know, I, was, I was able to see him in August when he was here, just because I was invited to come watch him play a pickup basketball game with his classmates. And so when he gets out of the car and he goes up to the Punho gym and about eight of his schoolmates from his basketball team are waiting for him, and a few he hadn't seen for, for years. It wasn't like they kissed his feet. <laughs> they were saying, come on, you're late, put on your shoes. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like, it's good, good friends. He just never, it's, it's like he never left. He's one of the guys. And so that connection with the boys is very local. Um, and just watching the imagery of him and his kids with shave ice and body surfing and picnicking in Alamo Park, this guy's a local boy. And just even when he was home last, 
And if you remember seeing the picture in the paper of him, you know, taking a break from his grandmother's apartment where he's in jeans and slippers and a sweatshirt. I mean, there's a there's a local kid that I don't that I think is a part of it. I think um, Michelle Obama has even said to understand Barack, you need to understand Hawaii. And I and I think that's that's clarifying in many in many ways. And I believe that Hawaii and Punahou are not too far from his from his heart, but especially um, the islands. And so I, I I hope we all benefit from that. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.